In September of 2020, it was raining heavily in the middle of the Navarra region of Spain. That's a mountainous area on the border of France. Monica Mera was getting worried. She was on the second day of the famous Camino de Santiago trail, and she was making her way along a tight path. To her left, she had the rocky mountainside. To her right, she could see a steep drop-off and a river that was 650 feet below. Rápidamente vi que el camino era muy estrecho y que no iba a poder pasar. Estar ahí fue mi decisión, pero en ese momento tuve miedo. Every year, close to 100,000 people set out on this trail called the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James. It stretches for over 400 miles, and it's generally completed on foot over the course of a month or more. Monica was in a group with five other people, but she wasn't tackling this challenge, or desafío, the way most people do. Yo quedé parapléjica después de un accidente. Necesito una silla de ruedas para ir a todos lados, porque no puedo caminar. Esa era la primera vez que hacíamos el Camino de Santiago, en unas bicicletas especiales para personas con discapacidad que no pueden caminar. Era un desafío muy grande. Monica was using a bicycle designed for people with disabilities. Instead of pedaling with her feet, Monica powered the bike with her hands. Yo monto mi bicicleta sola, pero viajo con dos acompañantes en caso de problemas. Ellos van a mi lado y me ayudan. But when they got to that narrow passageway in the middle of the mountain trail, Monica's bike couldn't pass because of its wide wheels. If she continued, she would easily slip off the cliff. A la derecha había un precipicio y abajo de ese precipicio, a 200 metros, se veía un río. Era demasiado peligroso y mi bicicleta definitivamente no pasaba porque había muchas rocas. Seguramente me iba a caer en el río. ¿Había llegado al final de mi camino? Bienvenidos and welcome to the Duolingo Spanish podcast. I'm Martina Castro. We're dedicating this season to you, our listeners. Over the last 12 seasons, you've written to us by email and social media. You've even called and left us voicemails with wonderful suggestions for stories. So this episode, like the rest of this season, comes from your ideas. Like this one from Ken in Texas. Hello, my name is Ken Pesic and I live in Colorado. I'm a big fan of both the podcast and the app, and I have a suggestion for a future podcast. Can you please produce an episode about the Camino de Santiago? I would love to hear someone talk about their experience in Spanish and suspect many who have walked the Camino, as I have, would feel the same. Thank you, and keep up the great work. My Spanish gets better every day. Thank you so much for listening, Ken. Today, we'll visit that trail in Spain and meet one woman who overcame many physical and emotional challenges to make the journey. As usual, the storyteller will be using intermediate Spanish, and I'll be chiming in for context in English. If you miss something, you can always get back and listen again. We also offer full transcripts at podcast.duolingo.com. Keep an ear out for the accent from Spain, where the C, which usually sounds like an S sound, is pronounced with a th sound. So 
Discapacidad. Sounds like discapacidad. Before her accident, Monica Mera lived in Galicia, an area in northwestern Spain, with her husband and their two children. She worked in an ice factory near her house. She says it was a fairly normal life until April 9th, 2011. Ese día mi vida cambió para siempre. En la fábrica había unas máquinas que hacían hielo y nosotros las manejábamos. Primero el agua pasa por un congelador. Después sale en grandes bandejas de tamaño industrial y por último sale el hielo en bolsas. The industrial trays that held the ice were as big as cars. Dozens hung from the ceiling, attached by rails and packed with ice. Monica and a coworker handled these trays with a massive machine, moving the freshly made ice from one stage to the next. Era un sistema nuevo. Era un circuito mecánico que nosotros manejábamos con controles. Yo estaba trabajando en el sector donde el hielo salía del refrigerador que estaba en el techo. But suddenly, one day, the machine failed. Over 2,000 pounds of ice cubes fell from the ceiling right onto Monica. She doesn't remember what happened next. Yo perdí el conocimiento. Me llevaron al hospital en una ambulancia. Me había roto siete vértebras, la clavícula, el esternón y las costillas. Pensaba que ese día me iba a morir. After the accident, Monica had medical complications and several operations before she got the final diagnosis. She had a spinal cord injury and had been left paraplegic. She would never be able to walk again. Yo no podía mover la parte inferior de mi cuerpo. Al principio fue muy difícil para mí. Estaba enojada y deprimida. Y les gritaba a los médicos y enfermeros. Yo no sabía todo lo que me había pasado. Fueron días muy, muy malos. As the weeks went by, her medical situation slowly stabilized. Soon, Monica started therapy to exercise her muscles. But when she was given a wheelchair, she felt like nothing would be the same. En ese momento, supe que mi vida había cambiado para siempre. Ya no sería la misma persona de antes. Monica spent eight months in the hospital. With therapy, she improved little by little, both physically and emotionally. Al principio, yo estaba muy molesta. Pero poco a poco, ese sentimiento se transformó. Yo entendí que esta sería mi vida ahora. Además, tenía que ser fuerte por mis hijos. Después de ocho meses, era hora de volver a casa. The next several years were difficult for Monica. In addition to the devastating accident, she went through a traumatic divorce. She struggled to handle it all. The only place where she found peace was at her daily physical therapy sessions. Mi fisioterapeuta se llamaba Miriam. Yo hacía ejercicios de movilidad con ella e incluso trabajábamos en la piscina. Estar ahí me gustaba mucho. Yo iba todos los días a fisioterapia 
y comencé a construir una relación muy cercana con ella. Mónica told her physical therapist about her personal problems and that she was having a difficult time. Her therapist tried to encourage her and told her about a nonprofit dedicated to people with disabilities called Discamino. Me decía que yo era muy fuerte y que podía hacer muchas más cosas de las que estaba haciendo. Me dijo que tenía que confiar en mí misma. Entonces me contó que existía un grupo que se llamaba Discamino y que ellos hacían el famoso Camino de Santiago con personas con discapacidad. Of course, Monica was familiar with the Camino de Santiago itself. It's an ancient network of paths and trails that Christian pilgrims hiked in medieval times to reach the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela in Galicia, Spain. The pilgrims traveled to pay homage to St. James, the patron saint of Spain, who's believed to be buried at the cathedral. Hoy en día, cada persona que hace el camino tiene sus propios objetivos. Creo que lo más importante es que todos tienen ganas de vivir una experiencia maravillosa, reflexionar sobre la vida y conocer a personas de otras culturas. Today, the Camino attracts people from all over the world. Some of them still make the journey for religious or spiritual reasons, but for many, it's about taking on a physical challenge. Monica herself had never considered doing the trail, even before her accident. Depending on the route, the pilgrims, or los peregrinos, travel anywhere from 68 to over 600 miles on their journey. El Camino de Santiago que hacen los peregrinos es muy complicado. Es un camino montañoso con mucha elevación y muchas partes pasan muy cerca de precipicios. But now, in this challenging time in her life, Monica was curious about the nonprofit that her therapist had told her about. It supported people with disabilities who wanted to complete the trail using specially equipped bicycles. Monica's physical therapist tried to convince her to join the group saying it would help her build her confidence again. Lo pensé mucho y decidí ir sola a una presentación de discamino cerca de mi casa. Me senté al lado de otras personas en sillas de ruedas. For the next hour and a half, five people with disabilities shared their experiences of completing the camino by bike. Monica listened to each testimony very carefully and was surprised by what she heard. Yo los veía como héroes, y lo que hacían era admirable. Sentí mucha emoción en ese lugar, y al salir de ahí, empecé a llorar. Pero yo sentía que no estaba preparada para eso, y lo veía como algo muy difícil. ¿Montarme en una bicicleta? ¿Hacer ese camino tan simbólico? No, eso no era para mí. Still, the idea stuck with her. So when she got home, she decided to write to the program's coordinator, a man named Javi. She told him how she was moved by the talk, but that she didn't really feel ready to join. Javi responded warmly, saying she was welcome to join them whenever she felt comfortable. Pasó mucho tiempo, pero dos años después, finalmente empecé a sentirme bien 
y a tener ganas de vivir. Poco a poco empecé a salir y a hacer cosas para mí. Contacté a viejos amigos y comencé a tener un poco más de vida social. Y en el 2019, dos años después de aquella presentación de Discamino, pensé, voy a ir a probar esas famosas bicicletas. In March of 2019, Monica arrived at one of Discamino's training sessions in a town not far from where she lived. She was feeling more confident since her accident. Still, she didn't know what to expect. Cuando llegué, Javi me recibió muy bien y me explicó cómo era el sistema. Me dijo que había dos tipos de bicicletas, una donde iban dos personas y la otra donde iba una sola. Yo tengo sensibilidad en las piernas como consecuencia de mi rehabilitación, así que elegí la bicicleta para una persona. Sin embargo, detrás de mí o a mi lado siempre va un acompañante por si necesito ayuda. Monica got onto the bike, which sat close to the ground. It had two big wheels in the back and a third in the front. Instead of using her feet, she pedaled with her hands, powering a gear attached to the front wheel. Cuando empecé a moverme, no lo podía creer. Tuve una sensación de libertad y paz. Pensé, estoy montando en bicicleta yo sola. Íbamos por la carretera bastante rápido. Fue una sensación maravillosa. La idea de hacer el camino de Santiago comenzaba a interesarme mucho. Monica returned home very excited. She decided to join these caminos training sessions on a regular basis, three days a week. Monica trained the same way the group would trek the Camino, but they didn't use the traditional trails dating back to medieval times. Instead, they used modern highways, cycling next to the cars driving by. Empecé con poquitos kilómetros y progresivamente hice más. Yo me sentía feliz cuando iba a los entrenamientos. Mi momento favorito del día era subirme a la bicicleta y experimentar esa sensación de libertad. Poco a poco construí relaciones con los compañeros y empecé a hacer nuevos amigos, porque era menos tímida y hablaba más con todos. Sin duda, Discamino era un lugar a donde yo pertenecía. Mónica continued training with Discamino for the next two years, but whenever it was time to actually do the Camino de Santiago, she always found an excuse not to go. She still felt scarred from her accident and worried about something else going wrong. Tenía mucho miedo de lo que podía ocurrir. Como consecuencia del accidente, hay cosas que yo no puedo hacer sola y eso me da mucha vergüenza. Por esa razón, yo no quería hacer un viaje como ese. Yo solo quería entrenar porque me hacía bien, pero hacer el camino Todavía no estaba en mis planes. Then, in May of 2020, in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, Monica got a call from Discamino's coordinator, Javi. Javi me dijo que le habían propuesto algo muy especial y novedoso. Hacer el Camino de Santiago no por la ruta, como lo hacían siempre, sino el camino tradicional en medio de la montaña, como lo hacen los que caminan. 
The modern passage and the medieval trail are both very difficult. But since the medieval path has a rockier terrain, no one from this Camino had ever used a specialized bike to trek on it. Javi had come up with this new challenge to help another member of this Camino get through a tough time. And he thought Monica would be a perfect addition to the group. Yo conocía a esa persona por los entrenamientos y nos llevábamos muy bien. Sentí que no podía fallarle y automáticamente dije que sí. Era como un regalo muy bonito que un compañero me daba. Tomé esa decisión casi sin pensarla. Y después de decir que sí, no podía retractarme. Yo soy una mujer de palabra. Now they had to start a whole new training program to prepare for the traditional Camino de Santiago, a mountainous path with narrow passageways. For that, Monica switched to a new bike. It sat higher up from the ground, had rugged tires, and could better handle off-road trails. Era algo nuevo para todos. Comenzamos a practicar en lugares diferentes, en caminos más difíciles, con inclinaciones. After four months of training, Monica was feeling confident about the challenge. She knew there would be steep mountains to climb, tight paths, and lots of rocky roads. She felt like she could do the ancient pilgrimage, just like thousands before her. But as their departure date approached, the self-doubt that had haunted Monica since her accident began to return. Comencé a sentir miedo y nervios otra vez, y me hacía muchas preguntas. ¿Iba a poder hacer el camino? ¿Cómo íbamos a hacer en los momentos difíciles? ¿Y si teníamos que regresarnos a mitad del camino? Sí, tenía muchas dudas, pero estaba muy motivada. Este era mi desafío y yo quería vivirlo. Finally, in early September of 2020, Monica's group began the Camino de Santiago. Monica and her friend each had two volunteers from this Camino accompanying them on the trail at all times. Monica still felt a mix of emotions as they took off. Yo estaba muy ansiosa y nerviosa, pero emocionada con el desafío. Esa mañana nos despertamos a las seis de la mañana. Era mejor salir temprano para evitar el calor. El objetivo diario era hacer unos 30 kilómetros. El primer día fue muy emocionante, sobre todo porque pudimos hacerlo. Monica and her team followed a strict routine. They would get up at six in the morning and try to cover enough miles that day to reach the next shelter, or albergue. Then they would go to bed around seven in the evening so they could get enough rest. As they progressed, Monica got more and more excited. She felt like she wasn't doing this just for her friend. She was doing it for herself. Yo vivía cada día que pasaba con mayor intensidad y felicidad. Yo sentía que estaba descubriendo el mundo entero. Miraba el paisaje y no pensaba en nada más que en estar ahí, conectada conmigo misma y con la naturaleza. Era hermoso aunque hubo días muy difíciles. It was only the second day of the bike ride when they encountered one of those difficult moments. They were riding through the mountains of Navarra when it started to rain. The road was full of rocks and very narrow, barely wide enough for someone to pass on foot. Monica had no idea how she could get through on her bicycle. That's the moment she was afraid of falling off the edge of the mountain. Then, 
a teammate had an idea to lift or cargar Monica. Estuvimos ahí unos segundos pensando en cómo pasar por esa parte del camino. Por un lado, había un precipicio y un río 200 metros abajo. Teníamos que seguir, pero no sabíamos cómo. Íbamos en una fila. Entonces, uno de los compañeros dijo, la única manera es cargar a Mónica y luego llevar su bicicleta. Mónica was scared, but she agreed to try. She felt she didn't have another option. She didn't want to abandon their journey, especially when it had barely started. Dos personas me alzaron y cruzamos. Había muchas rocas en el camino. Yo no quería mirar hacia los lados porque me daba miedo. Después otros fueron a buscar mi bicicleta. Monica's heart was pounding. She worried her teammates couldn't support her weight and that she would fall onto the rocks. She also thought about what would happen if her bicycle fell and broke. Without her bike, she didn't know how she could finish the trail. Fueron unos pocos metros y creo que todo duró dos o tres minutos, pero para mí fueron eternos. Then Monica realized they had successfully crossed the passageway, the most difficult part of the trail. Cuando todos pasamos, la felicidad fue impresionante. Nos abrazamos y aplaudimos. Lo habíamos hecho. That wasn't the only challenge Monica met on her bike. The terrain was rough as they logged miles. Algunas partes del terreno eran muy duras. Por ejemplo, a veces el descenso era muy inclinado. Las bicis iban muy rápido y era muy difícil frenar. But Monica and her group managed to overcome each challenge, always with a positive attitude. After about a month, they were getting near the end. Monica was tired, and her nerves were a little on edge. But she was excited, knowing there were just a few miles left to reach their goal. La última parte fue muy emocionante. Mi corazón latía sin parar, porque la famosa Catedral de Santiago de Compostela estaba solo a 30 kilómetros. But Monica never imagined what would happen next. As soon as they arrived at the city's main plaza with its impressive cathedral, a surprise was waiting for her. Mis hijos, mi madre, mi hermana y un grupo de amigos me estaban esperando con carteles que decían ¡Bienvenidos, campeones! Todos aplaudían. Yo estaba muy emocionada y fui a abrazarlos. Fue un momento maravilloso para mí. Along with her teammate, Monica had become one of the first people with disabilities to do the traditional Camino de Santiago trail on specially equipped bicycles. And for the first time since her devastating accident, almost a decade before, Monica felt her confidence return for good. Hacer el Camino de Santiago me cambió la vida. Y a veces siento que es difícil creer que de verdad ocurrió. Por primera vez, Después del accidente, sentí que había hecho algo por mí misma y estaba muy, muy feliz. Since that first journey in September of 2020, 
Monica Mera has returned to do the Camino de Santiago three times. Together with the nonprofit This Camino, she's become a leading voice encouraging other people with disabilities to make the trek. This story was produced by Tali Goldman, a journalist and writer based in Buenos Aires. If you like this story, please share it. You can find the audio and a transcript of each episode at podcast.duolingo.com. You can also follow us on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. With over 500 million users, Duolingo is the world's leading language learning platform and the most downloaded education app in the world. Duolingo believes in making education free, fun, and available to everyone. To join, download the app today or find out more at duolingo.com. The Duolingo Spanish podcast is produced by Duolingo and Adonde Media. I'm the executive producer, Martina Castro. Gracias por escuchar.